So we'll start today. It's going to be uh, 1 Corinthians 5, verses 12 through 21. Will you please stand? It's going to be the New Living Translation. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who, who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it means we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if it means we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that whoever, who receives his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God, is in, for God was, with, was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We are God's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Will you pray with me? My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this new year, Father, with just new opportunities. Father, I pray that you'll just uh, remove me from the situation, Father, and let your words flow through me. Father, I pray for just open hearts and open minds and open ears to hear your message. Father, I love you and I praise you. Give you all the glory. That's your things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So we start the new year, and people have many different traditions. Most of us today will probably have black-eyed peas, cabbage, some type of pork, pork chops, ham, or something. You know, the New Year's meal, we do it every year. You know, the pork and the black-eyed peas, you know, they're, they're for good luck. The cabbage is for financial blessings. Evidently, I don't eat enough cabbage. But, and then we make New Year's resolutions. You know, I'm going to eat better, exercise more, lose weight. All those are mine. Save more money, be a better husband and father, work harder to get a promotion, learn a new skill, learn to cook new things, read more, watch less TV, and the list just goes on and on and on. But the average American breaks their resolution within 32 days. See, these are things that we make up with our own minds. We make these choices in our minds, but not with our hearts. We want to sound good saying these things, but we don't want to make the change in our lifestyles to actually accomplish it. You see, changing the calendar from 2022 to 2023 has zero effect on your heart. What makes you a new you is giving your life to Christ. If you're still living the same lifestyle you were before you became a Christian, did you really give your heart to Jesus? Paul starts out in this section in verse 12 saying, we are, are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so that you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. See, Paul's saying that just because it looks good on the outside doesn't mean it's good on the inside. It's not the clothes that a person wears or the things that a person says 
that makes a man or a woman. It's the way they live their life. It's the actions that come from their hearts. 1 Samuel 16, 17, the Lord's speaking to Samuel about choosing a new king for Israel, and he says, Do not look at the appearance or his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see, man, see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, we've seen many times in our government, you know, we've got a group of people that have all the power in the world, all the money they want, big, nice homes, and they all talk about how they're Christian and they believe Christian and their Christian values, but then they vote for same-sex marriage and abortions. So their actions are speaking otherwise. So we have to look at their hearts of the person and not just what they say. Verse 13, if it seems crazy, if, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if, it is in our right, if we are in our right minds, it is to benefit you. So this has two possible meanings. The first one, if we look at Paul's life and what he went through during his ministry, it's easy to say that he must have been crazy. You know, he was consistently traveling in the wilderness, where he had been beaten, robbed, attacked by wild animals. He was flogged five different times. He was beaten with a rod three times, stoned and left for dead, shipwrecked several times, and was often was hungry and went without anything, or was often hungry and cold. And yet he continued just, to order, just in order to glorify God. And number two, he may have been talking about something that happened during a worship service. You know, I can remember the first time I went to a church and saw people with their hands up during worship. And I thought, man, I must be in some kind of cult. These people are crazy. But see, I just didn't have my eyes open back then. I just didn't understand. But in either one of these possible meanings, the intentions are both the same, to glorify God. Everything that Paul did was to glorify God. And everything we, should, we do should be to glorify God. In verses 14 and 15, it says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. What he means by Christ's love controls us is simply this. What Jesus did for us motivated him to continue to share the gospel with others no matter what the consequences were. See, Jesus didn't die, didn't just die for us, he died in place of us. He was beaten, spit on, mocked, tortured, and then hung on the cross to die. Something that we all deserved, but he took for us. He didn't have to. He could have easily just went back to heaven and lived with, with God, but he chose to do it. How many times have you been in a situation to share the love of Christ, but you remained silent because you were afraid that people would make fun of you? How many times have you went along, went along with something knowing it was wrong, but you just wanted to fit in? How many times did you not pray for somebody because you were ashamed of what they would say? See, Jesus dying on the cross for us should give us the passion to share his love with others. Paul says that since we believe that Jesus died for us, then we should believe that we, should believe that we died to our old life and that we should no longer live for ourselves but live for Christ who died and was raised for us. Romans 6, verses 6 and 7 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might 
be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been free from sin. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, setting at the right hand of God. Set your minds to the things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. See, when we became born-again Christians, there has to be a change in our hearts. We can't continue to live the same lifestyle that we did before. We can't profess faith, faith with our mouths, but still live for the world. We can't be the light and still live in darkness. We're not here to glorify ourselves. We're here to glorify our Father in heaven. We have to start concentrating on eternity, not on temporary things. Set our minds on things above means to look at life from God's perspective and to seek what He desires. When we do that, we begin to see the world in a different view. Other people's needs become more important than our own wants. We become more willing to give our time and our money for others. We'll stop living for ourselves and we begin to live for Christ. Verses 16 and 17. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely as a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. The New King James Version says he's a new creation. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become brand new people. We don't get reformed. We don't get rehabilitated. We don't get re-educated. We get recreated. It's not a new chapter in our life. It's a whole new life with a whole new passion for serving Christ. Our identity changes from the fallen version of ourselves to being associated with the righteousness of Christ. The old us is gone forever. See, we can't go back to that person. That person doesn't exist anymore. Our old dreams, ideas, goals, wants, they're all replaced now with Jesus' agenda and purpose. This is not a superficial change that we start on January 1st and we give up on by February. It's a change that requires a new way of looking at all people and all of creation. We have to be able to look past the outward appearance. A person's value is not found in the physical things or the worldly things or the lack of such things. Their value is found in their heart, and it's a result of being reconciled with Christ. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, man, that guy will never change? You know, I've heard that a lot since I have this opportunity to stand up here before y'all. and People find out what I'm doing. They're like, you? Really? But see, they were looking at me as from a human point of view, and that's not how God looked at me. See, everyone can be forgiven for their sins through the faith in Jesus. God can take the nastiest, dirtiest, most violent person and recreate them. If we look at the Apostle Paul, he was a man who wanted to end Christianity right from the beginning. He would track down Christians, persecute them. Some were even put to death. And he had went to get permission to go to Damascus in order to find Christians, to bring them back just to put them on trial. But on his way, Jesus encountered him, and Paul turned into one of the most quoted apostles there was. Of the 27 books in the New Testament, Paul wrote half of them. You see, God can change anyone and use them for his glory. Verses 28 through 21 says, And all of this is a gift from God, 
who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. <clears throat> we, are God's, we are Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat, sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. As Christians, we are God's official representatives, and it is our job to go out and share the message of Christ to others. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus gave us the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've said it before, and I promise you I'll say it again. This is not a request. This is a command from Jesus himself. Our main purpose in life is to tell others about Christ. We're not called to share God's love with only the ones in this building. We're called to go out into this, our community and be the church. We're called to do the good works in order to show God's love for his people. Now, I'm not talking about receiving salvation through faith. I'm talking about going out and living the same lifestyle that Jesus lived because of what he did for us and because of the love that we have for him. Many professing Christians quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 as an excuse to not put out any works. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And it's true. We're saved by grace. And there's absolutely no way you can work yourself into salvation. But you see, the enemy wants you to stop reading there. He doesn't want you to read the next verse. He wants to twist the true meaning of this passage to make it fit a lifestyle, a lazy lifestyle. He doesn't want us going out showing God's love to others. But in verse 10 it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, the enemy is a liar. He'll tell you that you, continue to, that you can continue to live the same life that you've always lived. He'll tell you that you can continue to do whatever you want because God's just going to keep forgiving you. You can keep making the same mistakes over and over and over, and all you have to do is just ask for forgiveness and you're good. He'll tell you that the Bible was written 2,000 years ago, and we live in a different time now, so it doesn't apply to us anymore. Society's way different now than it was back then. It's okay to do these things. Everyone's doing them. These are all lies. Because if there's no change in your lifestyle, then there was never a change in your heart. See, I got baptized when I was eighth grade, freshman year, I don't really remember. But I went down a dry center, and I came up a wet center. There was zero difference in who I was, and I went on to live a life filled with sin. But I kept telling myself that I was a Christian because I got dumped and I believed that there was a God. I did all the things that I was supposed to do. But it wasn't until I gave my heart to Jesus that he began to show me where I was wrong. It was then that my lifestyle started to change. The way I talked changed. The way I thought changed. The way I acted changed. The things I did changed. You see, it's about giving our hearts to Jesus 
truly giving our lives over to Jesus to live for him. See, a new year doesn't make you a new person. Only giving your heart to Jesus can do that. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. So I'll close with this. As we start a new year today, the only resolution we need to be focused on is being more like Christ, living a Christ-like lifestyle. 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So we're going to open up the altar. And it'll be open for anybody that wants to accept Christ for the first time. Or if you just need prayer, it'll be open. We'll have a song. But I want you to just search your hearts and your minds. And I know a lot of times we get caught up in what the world does and what the world says. But As we start this new year, I want to really focus on what the Bible says. I want to focus on living more like Jesus. Not like Christians, but like Jesus. I want this to be a, a, the main part of our life right here. Where we focus on doing what's best for others and not focus on ourselves. Where we go out and we make quantum the church and not just building the church. So will you please stand and we'll pray. My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message that you've given me. Father, I just pray for hearts just to be changed in this community. Father, I pray for the healing of the sick in this community. Father, I pray that you'll just give us, give us the hearts just to, to be servants, Father, and that you'll just give us opportunities to share your love and to share your message. Father, and let everything that we do glorify you. Father, I love you and I praise you. And I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen.